Hollywood loves acknowledging Indian and South Asian content that depicts white people in a negative light because it makes it look like they're taking accountability for his, like their actions in history in the past. So it's like, by liking this content, we are saying this is not okay and we are woke. So that's why they like this content. Aside from these all being great films. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Daisy Talkies podcast, a show where we talk about Bollywood, Lollywood, South Asian pop culture, and everything in between. I'm Anissa. And I'm Ananya. And today we're revisiting a classic. Yes. For the first time on the podcast, we are talking about an older movie. Just to set the stage, this movie released in 2006, and it is a movie coming right off of 2005. The president of India was APJ Abdul Kalam, who was a great scientist for India. And India was really stepping towards a new, just a younger uh, outlook. And so this movie coming out in 2006 really just shook everything up and it really made us question everything. And this movie's really, really close to my heart. And this is a little tidbit. And I was telling Anissa this as well. I watched this movie when I was six years old in the movie theater front row uh, because that was the only seat. It was a blockbuster hit. Uh, those were the only seats available front row. We sat and watched it. My mom's friend's and I and my mom and we left the theater quiet no one said a word and the crazy part is when Anissa watched this movie we also finished the movie and it was silence literal silence and the movie we are talking about today is Rangde Basanti like I said earlier released in January 2006 directed by Rakesh Omprakash Mehra starring Amir Khan, Sharman Joshi, Sohali Khan, Kunal Kapoor, Siddharth, and Atul Kulkarni. The movie's music was done by Aramon and some of the most iconic music done in the early 2000s. So yeah, that is the movie we are discussing today. So Anissa, watch it for the first time. We did not speak at all about it <laughs> after you watched it. What was your take on the movie? Yeah, so Ananya made me watch it and she's been telling me she wants me to watch it for a really long time. And I grew up hearing the music, the soundtrack of Rangda Basanti and loving it, but I never knew the context of it. And honestly, I wasn't looking forward to watching this movie because I had a really long day. <laughs> I just wanted something really chill and I didn't want to get emotional. But as soon as it started, I kind of could not stop. Yeah. Seeing iconic tracks like Luka Chuppi and the title track of Rangda Basanti in its context within the film, I can't explain that feeling. It was just eye-opening to kind of reimagine tunes I grew up to within the context of the film, the political context, the social context. It was so very early 2000s and you could tell that with yeah. the editing mm -hmm. and that's something I loved about it. It was very tastefully done in a way that it's telling so many different stories and on so many different timelines in such a seamless way. Yeah, I think one of the first things like Anissa was talking to me about when, so we were listening to the music of this movie in the car on our way to New York one day. And I remember being like, Anissa, I need you to watch this movie with me. I really do. And she's like, ah, like, I don't really want to watch this. And I remember being like, no, 
you have to watch this movie. It's one of my favorite movies, if not my favorite movie. It just means it's grown with me and in my 20s re-watching it has just been made me fall in love with it even more because it means so much more to me now in my 20s than it did obviously when I was six I didn't understand anything that was going on in the movie I just know that everyone was silent and now I know why everyone was silent when we left the theater but I think the music of this movie is done so beautifully the lyrics are by Preston Joshi most of them if I'm not wrong and they're just done with so much taste and they mean so much they're so heart like wrenching lyrics uh even a song like mastiki pachala they're literally talking about kids who have not one clue what is going on in the world mm -hmm. like he literally says apnito pachala mastiki pachala and pachala is school and being like we have no purpose in the world and we're just doing whatever the hell we want to do without any goal in mind and that's literally how the movie starts it starts with them not having a care in the world i think we're gonna have to go linearly in this yep to talk about it what such an amazing movie i can't believe i will i've only now seen it and i kind of understand why because i feel like growing up my family kind of shielded me from any politicized content that was just my upbringing so anything that involved politics kind of my family is just like, don't watch it or don't like pay attention to it, which I understand. They're very like apprehensive and like protective in terms of like me being like a Muslim minority commenting on political things or political terms of media. So watching it now as someone who is very liberal minded and educated on global issues in South Asia. Wow. Ananya and I were talking about it too. This movie could not be released today for sure. And another thought I had was also that like last night I watched RRR <laughs> <laughs> and something that crossed my mind is why India, not why, but statement. India is so good at making films revolving like colonialization. Mm -hmm. Like they're so good with that theme. And I yeah. think it's because it strikes such an emotional and personal chord with them. Of course. Um, just like partition does with both of our countries, like yeah. colonization does with us as well. You can see that in Lagan and RRR and now with Rangne Basanti. The narrative is so strong and carried over so many different time periods. Yeah. And their ability to do that while strengthening each character's role their bond within each other and developing a connection between these characters on screen and the audience is like very wow it's hard for me to give words which is yeah. funny because i was mocking ananya for telling me i'm gonna be speechless after watching this movie and i also remember you saying because i think that's how the movie was kind of what it looked like from the outside like you were like no oh, this is gonna be another movie about india and pakistan and i remember you saying this to me and i was like no no, 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 no. you gotta watch it it's not it's not what you think it is because it, that's what it looks like right when you hear the music and you hear kind of you kind of see some like glimpses of the movie like it seems like it's not gonna be like a good political piece right and, and in fact, when the movie was first advertised, it wasn't even advertised as a political piece. It was advertised as a fun movie about four college friends who have a good time. 
But let's start from, let's do like a little synopsis of it. Let's do a little kind of going back to what it is. So the movie follows four friends who are in college. We learn Amir Khan is a little older than them. He's passed out of college, but he's still sticking around because he really doesn't know what he wants to do in his life. There's always that one guy. There's always that one guy. And he is that one guy. And he knows he's that one guy, right? They really have, they're not ones to really study, um, but they all have different backgrounds. So Kunal Kapoor's character is, uh, his name is Aslam. And he is the only Muslim friend in this group. He comes from a very, very uh, orthodox Muslim family. They show that. They they kind of talk about that a little bit. And it's, it's not for any reason. He's just, that's the background he comes from, where his parents are educated, educating him and working hard to, towards his education because they probably didn't have an education. They, they've kind of built that world kind of like that. Um, then you have Amir Khan, who is Punjabi, and also someone who doesn't come from a very, you know, well-to-do background. Uh, and his mom is uh, played by Karen Kerr. I love her character in the movie. Mm-hmm. But he comes from a family who kind of just owns a daba, and he kind of does whatever the hell he wants. Has no kind, no sense of direction in life, no goal, nothing. And then you come to Sharman Joshi. We really don't know his character at all. We don't know any background on his character. But he's the only character that seems to be the youngest, most impressionable character. And we kind of see that as the movie goes along. And also, he's kind of following the group, right? He, he doesn't have much of a say in the group, but he, at the same time, cares for them, loves them. And he's, you can kind of tell he's the youngest because of the way they kind of interact with him. But we also don't know where he's coming from in terms of his family background. And then you have Siddharth's character, Karan, whose father is rich his father is involved with politics in some way as a businessman we don't know what way until much later on in the movie but he is someone who's like honestly i'm gonna pass college and go to america because india sucks and that's kind of the most privileged take in the movie because they had to have that one character right that one we all know someone like that also we we were all that person yeah. at some point. We're like, hey, hate going back home and hate going back to a country. And he's he is that character. And then you have Sohali Khan's character, who is probably the most studious out of out of the group. Uh, she's the only woman in the group. Uh, mm-hmm. She's the only girlfriend that they have uh, until our white friend Sue comes along. Um, and Gotta love the token white actor. In the film. <laughs> they needed that for she this movie. She stole the show. Her Hindi really stole the show. Um, but Sohali Khan's character is dating R. Madhvan's character, uh, Flight Lieutenant Rajay Rator. He's the only one who has a goal in life. He's passed out of college, so he's probably the same age as DJ, uh, which is Amir Khan's character. And uh, he is the only one involved in politics, actually, himself. And he's not even trying to be involved in politics, but he is the only one working towards kind of saving the country. He is a he's in the uh, Air Force. He is very, you know, majestic. And and he's the only one of this group. Obviously, he comes in and out of this group. He's not like a like a stationary part in the group, but he's the only one that's like, guys, y'all are stupid because y'all can really be changing this country right now and doing something actually well, you know, uh, in life. And you guys are just sitting around drinking, eating, having a good time. But the movie follows these characters and Sue's character, whose grandfather was in the army, 
during the time of the British rule in India. And she finds his diary and decides, I want to do a documentary on this. I always believed there were two kinds of men in this world. Men who go to their deaths screaming, and men who go to their deaths in silence. And then I met the third kind. His diary follows Chandrasekhar Azad, Bhagat Singh, uh, Raj Guru, Ashfaqullah Khan, Ram Prasad Bismil, who are then played by these characters. That is what the movie is about. The movie is about her going to film a documentary in India, finds this group of friends who have no purpose in life, don't really study, don't do much, and she decides that these are her characters. She decides to use them in her documentary. So getting into this, right off the bat, what did you think of just kind of their intro? And I think it was one of the mo the coolest intros I've ever seen. I love Mastika Pachala in its context. It is so great the way they all kind of like come in on scooters and Amar Khan and Sharma and Joshi are kind of just like chugging a beer on top of a cliff while everyone watches. And that's also Sue's intro to them, right? Yeah. So just think of it. This white woman coming to India for the first time is on a college campus at a kind of hideout college party introduced to these players and rebels. And that's kind of how we're introduced to these characters too. For a lot of the film, we follow them just like Sue is following them, meeting them for the first time, understanding their interactions to each other, their interactions and perceptions of things going on in India. Yeah, I just love the character introductions. I think they're so nicely done. I think... The writer of the film, the screenplay is also done by uh, Rakesh Om Prakash Mehra, and it's, the dialogues are written by Prasun Joshi and Rensel De Silva. But I think he did such a good job. The story is by Kamlesh Pandey with the characters. I think it was so important for the modern day characters, the 2006 characters, to be the way they were so that when you see them in the cuts, all the way back to the documentary that they are acting in, it makes sense, right? It makes sense that Bhagat Singh is a is a very out-of-worldly character. He was someone who left his family at a very young age, said, I am in love with my country and I'm going to go do this for my country. And he was there during the Jallianwala Bagh, which took place. And it, for those of you who don't know, Jallianwala Bagh was when the British army opened fired on a on a meeting taking place. It was a peaceful meeting taking place in Amritsar. But they show in the film, he literally picks up the dirt from that floor and takes it. And that's what caused him to be like, I need to fight back. Like, it's not going to be a peaceful protest anymore. It's going to be guns because the reply to guns is uh, more guns. And you see him and then you see Siddharth's character, Karan, who's like, I hate my father. Karan is a quick character. What he feels, he does. And that was, that's Bhagat Singh. Whatever he feels, he does. And he doesn't even realize he's just like Bhagat Singh. He's like a quiet lion, doesn't have any, he doesn't have much dialogue. He's, you know, chilling, always smoking a cigarette, just no, nothing going on in his mind. But right away when something happens, he, he wakes up. Mm -hmm. So I think it was so important to have these characters be the way that they are for us to see the juxtaposition, for us to see the similarities with them and then their, their uh, documentary counterparts. So 
Moving on to the editing, what did you think of that? The cinematography and editing of the film. I loved the changes in the color palette. I loved how obvious it was. The transitions, the split screen, especially towards the end between the characters they were playing and who they actually were in the present. And the color palette was even more apparent when you're going from present time to past and it helped the audience and us understand where these individuals are at in their connection between who they are playing and how they realize that they are that person. It's almost like as if it's a nod to like reincarnation in a way as well. Mm-hmm. Usually I don't like it when color palettes are like that in a film. I don't like that like yellowy sepia sepia tone yep. color palette. Like I just don't. I agree, but the narrative was strong. But this <laughs> And the narrative carried it. I'm always looking for a narrative, guys. All right. <laughs> if you don't know what she's talking about here, this is definitely her coming back from Bataan. <laughs> and trying, trying, to, uh, trying to defend herself there. But um, no, I usually don't like it. Here, it works, though. Here, the colors and the editing work. I think they do the photos rather than taking a video. They do the freeze frame, freeze frames. Yes, that's the word I was looking for. Freeze frames. Usually I don't like it here. It really works. I like that they twist the camera constantly and because their life is like chaotic as hell. These boys are living a very chaotic life. And the camera emulates that. And the camera emulates that. And then when it goes to to her documentary, it makes sense because if it was if they were doing it, in color it wouldn't register properly it wouldn't register because we're seeing the boys in color so getting into spoilers i think it's time we get into the second half of the film if you haven't watched the movie what are you doing anisa you had not watched the movie up until yeah i know this but they're this far into the episode without having watched the movie go watch, watch it the movie. it's on netflix so they don't have purpose in life as we have spoken about but what ends up happening is so there's two tracks going on one is the track of Atul Kulkarni's character so his character is Pandey who is working for a government official he is working for a political party and I felt like his character was one of my favorite characters in the movie because he just loves the country and doesn't know how to love it properly you know he's one of those very impressionable he's also young he's obviously doing the wrong thing so initially it starts his track kind of starts with like him hating aslam because muslim right that's literally the only reason he hates aslam and he's constantly coming into these boys parties and being like get the hell out of here this is against our culture and against our you know sanskriti and what we what we as a country stand for and then there comes a point in the film where he realizes he's like no they're doing nothing wrong and there's nothing wrong with Aslam as a guy. That's the best character arc ever. Yeah. Because it's what we all dream to see from yeah. certain members of the government, like, mm-hmm. every day. And he, he, like, steps out and just watches. And he's like, wait a minute. I've been loving my country in the wrong way completely. And the second thing that's happening post the intermission is that they lose their friend who's in the Air Force, our Madhvan's character. And that's when we hear, look at Chupi. Yes. Look at Chupi, bohat hui, saumilia jara. 
and also Kunchala, which is one of my which favorite hits. songs. Which hits, by the way. I can't tell you, I had tears. I have tears every time I watch Kunchala. Were you crying when we watched it? I wasn't crying, but I just kind of like my oh, I like. Felt I, get, it. I was like, I can't do this. My right eyes now. get a little sweaty, you know. But yeah, so they lose their friend because of a mistake that the government makes, where they buy cheap parts for the plane. <sighs> That's when the movie really picks up because these boys are pissed. They are angry. They don't know what the hell to do, and they decide it is time to murder the defense minister because the defense minister has now gone on national television and said that this flight lieutenant was doing the wrong thing he made the wrong decision and that is why the plane crashed not because of the parts yeah can i just say how ahead of time this film is because it is so relevant to me now yeah in the sense that i feel like there are so many times where you know, we're at like desi parties with uncles and aunties and everyone's sitting and yelling about politics, right? Everyone always has something to complain about, but they don't do anything about it. And yeah. that's the biggest issue is there's so much talk and no action. The similarity between that and Rang De Basanti is that these guys were so oblivious of everything going on in their nation because they knew that they couldn't do anything. Yeah. Right? And it's the second that it affected them personally did they realize the scale at which it hurts. And that's a really interesting comparison to see how common it is for people, especially outside of their country, to talk about politics in their country. Yeah. Um, when they can very much do something and take a stand to it. Not saying that everyone doesn't. People do. And compared to people who are in their country and have accepted the norms and are living it until it directly affects them. Yeah. I mean, you it's like the last straw on the camel's back, right? You you don't do anything until you are personally affected by it. We will not yell at a government official until we ourselves are paying taxes or we ourselves are standing in these long lines to get something, right? We were not upset at COVID until we ourselves couldn't get the vaccine or we're getting the vaccine and waiting in lines for it. We're like, yo, what the hell is wrong with this country? La la la, whatever. So, yeah, no, 100%. So this this moment in the film happens and they're, like, shocked. These are 20-something-year-old boys. They've just lost their friend. And they, they, weren't, they were joking about losing him. They were like, oh, like, you know, he's all in the army and all. He's going to go out and be a, be a fighter and whatnot. They're joking about it. And then it happens. And very much a foreshadowing, honestly. Yeah. And they're sitting, and even when it, even when they find out, they're just sitting and like eating, hanging out, and all of a sudden, the TV screen, they look at it, and it's their friend's face on the TV. Some something that was very routine to them was sitting in that area and eating throughout the film, different conversations, and it just showed how a normal day and a normal routine can be changed in one second. One second, literally. And as they're like working on the film, obviously their ide- ideals have changed, their ideologies have changed. They've kind of realized that, you know, they do have a lot, a lot of say in the government. Mm-hmm. 
And that is when, when this happens, I feel like it was a moment where their documentary character and their real life character becomes one. And you see that on the screen, the way the editor, props to the editor, I, I want to give you a hug. Okay, so. Yeah, it's edited by P.S. Parthi. Yeah, P.S. <laughs> I love <Good> you. Good <laughs> job. P.S. I love you, okay? The way they take what is assumed to be documentary footage or footage imagined by Sue of what these people in her life that she's met, what they embody, and you kind of have that documentary image colliding with, like, the present time image. Like, quite literally, shots are, like, bumping into each other and coming under each other and kind of merging into one Mm -hmm. and they did that in such a beautiful way where it adds to the suspense intensity and symbolism behind how media portrays what's happening today and media impacts what's happening today yeah and uh so they decide to do a peaceful protest at this point in the movie and this peaceful protest gets wrecked by the cops and that's when you see Kunjala and everybody's getting beat up they are in shambles uh captain ajay his mom is played by vahid arman is in a coma at this point because she has been beat up as well and that is when they're like dude this government we got to do something about it because we were doing a peaceful protest and they were not happy about that. And that is a direct link to Jallianabad, a peaceful protest that was shot up, right? And this happens and that is the moment they decide it is time to go and kill the defense minister as 20-something-year-olds. They go and murder him and then they murder, Karan murders his dad who was involved in all And they this. wait to reveal that in the best way by the way yeah because they're kind of trapped in a radio station they realize that when the defense when they kill the defense minister he is actually shown as like a martyr glorious martyr right yeah and so they're like the only way this man is going to be shown in a negative light is if we go and publicly claim that we did this without guns without anything so they decide to then yeah go to the radio they go to the radio tower they kind of get everyone out of there and they block it off and Karan takes over and talks about what's wrong with the government, talks about Ajay's legacy and how it's been tarnished and how the defense minister was killed by them. They take accountability and full responsibility for that and saying that they killed him in order to honor Ajay's kind of reputation and who he is and as a statement to the government to how they are not protecting people and they keep using cheap parts on planes. And it's crazy how they get call-ins in the radio station while they're blocked out, while troops are swarming in. And one of these calls, someone calls Karan out and is kind of like, hey, well, your dad was helping the defense minister, right? Like, how can you say all this stuff when you're like directly affiliated? Mm -hmm. And that's when we as the audience get a flashback to when Karan met his dad right before leaving and how he killed his father. Yeah. And I think it's that scene is, first of all, so heart-wrenching because they throw their guns in the trash and there's cups of chai outside. And I pointed this out to Anissa. I was like, did you realize that the cups of chai were still there? They didn't drink the chai. Why? Because... They were waiting for Karen to come out and they thought they were going to drink chai together. They were like, you know, this is the end. Even if they thought they were going to jail. Mm-hmm. And the government sends in snipers 
and says shoot on sight. Yeah. Even though these guys have broadcasted and said that they are not terrorists. And they've said that what we did was wrong. They mentioned it. They said what what we did today was wrong. Should not have no one should be doing this. The reason we did this was because of this reason, we are not killing anybody else. We are not trying to kill anybody else. But just realize that it is our government officials who did wrong and we are the ones that voted for them. Something that I wanted to talk about was that last scene when they're all getting shot and they're parallels to the documentary. So beautiful. Yep. So amazingly done. You see Sherman Joshi shot first. Very much a full circle moment. Yeah. In fact, Sherman Joshi is the only one who doesn't want to go and do this. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing him being the youngest was like, guys, I have a whole life to live ahead of me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he has that moment of realization where he's like, you guys are crazy. But then as fr- as a friend, as someone who truly cares, he, he goes and still does it. And um, you see him being shot and in, in Amir Khan's arms and he's just like, hey, I'm dying single. And he smiles. And that was that was him. And then you see both Pandey's character and Aslam's character, Kunal Kapoor's character and uh, Atul Kulkarni's character, both dying hand in hand. So a Hindu and a Muslim dying together. Mm-hmm. And you see their old selves walking, their documentary oh, selves. Yeah. Ashfaqullah Khan and Rams Prasad Bismil walking out and you just see them walking through the door and they look down and they smile. And they smile back and they're like, this is it. This is the moment. Then you see, obviously, DJ go into the... He's shot. He goes to see Siddharth's character, Karan. And that's where the film ends. You actually don't see Karan die. You hear the gunshots. Yeah. You see them both laughing, smiling. And he's like, hey, man, I think I'm in love. And he's obviously talking about Sue. But also, I thought in that moment, I was like, he could also be talking about his country. But, like, I'm saying, like, obviously, he's not talking about it. But, like, it's kind of, like, bringing it back to Chandrasekhar Azad and Bhagat Singh having a conversation about their country and them being in love with their country. And you just see them both smiling and... That's where the movie ends. It's just a shot of them smiling. So I'm just looking here at the censorship. So on the release of Rang de Basanti, uh, the FCB, the Film Certification Board, they actually reached out to the Indian Defense Ministry because of the portrayal of the MiG-21 airlines, the flight, sorry, not the airlines, the flight, the aircraft. Um, I think that there was a little bit of an issue with portraying that. I think they didn't find any problem with it. They allowed the release of the film. How do you think that would go today? Not. It wouldn't. Nope. There's no way. In the current political climate of the country, there is no way that they would be showing those fighter aircrafts going down. There is no way they would show the death of the defense minister. There is no way they would show anything wrong with the country. I'm as... As a part of the country, I'm saying this, we are headed towards complete nationalism. And that is what media is showing today. That is what's being portrayed today. Every other movie, there's no way. I cannot imagine a movie like this being released today, Mm -hmm. as important as it is. If I'm not wrong, the defense minister at the time was Pranam Bokerjee, and he actually came to watch the movie at the premiere. (laughs) It's very sad to watch this movie today. Yeah very sad to think about very little has changed i think that's the saddest part this movie was what like 17 years ago am i right 
Yeah. Okay, that was right. Yeah. And the movie received a lot of criticism for that last scene because they're showing the army shooting students, obviously. But they needed to do that, I think. Otherwise, we wouldn't have, like, the moment where we're, like... And also, it's important to note that after these students are shot, it, sh- it starts a revolution with other people their age who have witnessed on TV what's happening to them and heard, like, their talks on the radio and kind of want to carry on the group's legacy and mission yeah and there was a really big social influence after this there was a lot of graphics released where it was like it said lose control from the song and there's Amir Khan like this and they're talking about how like the the kids should go out and fight corruption everyone should go out and fight corruption Uh, a direct impact was on the 1999 Jessica Lal murder case uh, I don't know if you know about that, but there was a movie about that. No one killed Jessica. Yeah. After the murder case happened, um, which was a very high profile murder case, there was actually a lot of like protest and and uh, media like interaction because of this movie, because people were like, no, we need to protest against what's wrong mm-hmm. at the India Gate. In fact, there was a protest after during during that murder case mm-hmm. happening. Uh, Amul released a Rangda Basanti like little drawing there was it was all over the news and this was a movie that was going to make the news there was yeah, no way this movie would not make the news the whole candle march from the movie and all yeah. that like people started realizing they can actually do that it is in their hands to do such things after this the movie released in 2006 and got 50 awards in 2007 fun fact uh was nominated for 112 awards mm-hmm. so a very highly acclaimed film uh, what do you think? Do you think this was a movie that could have made Academy Award type stuff if if at that time? Oh, for sure. Academy Awards, they always love Indian movies that feature white people. <laughs> Guys, that's just a fact, okay? <laughs> Hollywood and the U.S. loves Indian films that have white people in them. So I'm not surprised when the Basanti got so many like acclaims globally and was India's nomination for Academy Award, even though they didn't get it. And yeah. if you look at it, Lagan was the only nomination India has ever gotten in Academy Awards. White woman singing, I am in love. Yeah, all that. Um, then RRR, white people love RRR because it has white people in it. And yeah, Rangda Basanti has Sue. So why wouldn't they Just like Sue. it? Yeah. <laughs> Sue is enough for all of us. So it makes sense because I think that Hollywood loves acknowledging Indian and South Asian content that depicts white people in a negative light because it makes it look like they're taking accountability for like their actions in history in the past. So it's like by liking this content, we are saying this is not okay and we are woke. So that's why they like this content. Aside from these all being great films, that's probably why. Yeah. So I just want to talk about the music. Just I think music needs its own part in the podcast. My favorite song. Hmm. I think honestly, Rangda Basanti obviously has a sore spot, but I think apart from that, I really enjoyed Mastika Pachala, even though it's so on the nose for the male characters being introduced. It was a great introduction. It was a song that segued the introduction perfectly. And the energy of it, the lyrics being very direct, made us 
feel the energy that these characters exude and that these are a fun group of people that just want to have fun. And it was very effortless. And that was probably my favorite track. But other than that, I think Khalbali. So that song, having the characters have fun while rehearsing lines and finally understand what they are portraying within this documentary, within this film, was very powerful and also something that is overlooked in the film as a whole. For me, the two songs that hit so hard, obviously I love Mastiki Pacha, I love the title track, Rangli Basanti. For me, it is Rubaru. Rubaru. The moment that it comes, they've just all passed away. The students have passed away. The documentaries, uh, equivalents have passed away. And the lyrics literally read, Abhi abhi hua yakin ki aag hai much mein kahi. Hui subha mein jal gaya, suraj ko mein nikal gaya. And then it says, Rubaru Roshni. There is life beyond death. Literally. And then Kunchala was the other song. Kunjala, uh, which literally means like it's like my blood is boiling. Like, wow. And there's not one patriotic song in this. Not one. Yeah. And it's a very, it's technically it's a patriotic movie, but in a very different way. Mm-hmm. In, a, in the right way. In all the right ways. So yeah, I think just the music deserves its own kind of acclaim. And I think it did get a lot of acclaim. The characters, the acting, this was um, Siddharth and Kunal Kapoor's debut mm-hmm. film. Um, I think everybody did such a beautiful job. I think that the way this was shot, the cinematography done so beautifully. And my favorite part about all this is that it has aged like fine wine. It has aged so well. What do you think? Like I think so too. I think it's hard to find films, especially in Bollywood, that work just as well over time. This is a film that, sad to say it, will stay relevant for probably as long as we live. Yeah, It speaks on corruption, it speaks on educating yourself, it speaks on taking action and becoming a member of society for change. It will always be relevant. I genuinely agree. I think it's such a beautiful film. I think it's something that, A, I think everybody in their 20s should watch it. Not an easy watch, but I think everybody in their 20s should watch it. Mm -hmm. I think it's very relevant. In our 20s, as young, you know, go-getters will do anything, rebels, or we're going to go out and party every day. <laughs> I think it's so well done. But just adding to that, I think the chemistry of the characters in the film reminded me a lot of me and my college friends. And I think reminded people everywhere about their dynamics with their college friends or their childhood friends. And for that reason, my takeaway from the film is very much what my takeaway from college was. Um, 
before you have an opinion on whether to take action or whether not to, educate yourself about your country and what's going on. Yeah. It's really important. And our generation has more power than we give ourselves credit for in order to reach out through social media, post videos, have our voice, donate, visit. There's so much we can do. So it's really important that all of us kind of take that time to educate ourselves yeah, rather than being ignorant to what's going on in our countries. Yeah. Obviously, it's a dramatic rendition of... <laughs> yeah, it's of, a very dramatic don't rendition. Go murdering people. These guys take really drastic steps. I would not do that. I do not <laughs> encourage that. But I think... Yeah, I think our freedom fighters fought for a reason, right? Everywhere, any country you look at, your freedom fighters fought for a reason. They fought for the freedom of your country. They fought for your freedom today. They fought for your ancestors' freedom. And you fight for your freedom every day, right? You step out every day and there is something or the other you do, whether that's freedom from your parents or freedom from you know, your teachers or whoever the hell, right? All the teenage years are about is about rebellion, right? And this movie is an amalgamation of just that. And so what is our rating for Vrung Vasanti? My rating is a four out of five. Okay. And that's kind of due to, I think, watching it today. That's probably why. Um, some of the transitions... The casting choice of Sue uh, kind of took away <laughs> from the film a bit. She cannot speak Hindi um, or English. Yeah, I think that that's anything. why it's a four out of five for me. What's your rating? I think for me it's a four point five out of five. Okay, I think cool. it's almost a five. I think yeah, I I can't do with the the English speaking of just no. I can't. Sorry, not the English. The Hindi speaking of Sue. Yep. I just can't. I love the movie though. I, I think loved it's, it too. I thought it was great. Do you want to do a four point two five? Yeah. <laughs> okay, everybody, that was our episode. Our Desi Talkies rating for Rangde Basanti is 4.25 out of 5. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, follow us on Instagram at Desi Talkies Podcast, and catch us for another week, another episode. And please let us know if there's anything you'd like us to review next. Lose control. <laughs> I'm a rebel. Rebel, rebel. <laughs> Is this just how we're going to end everything? Okay. Have a good one. Bye, guys.